Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jamie Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Now people can see. They can they actually can see, see. Exactly. They can see what happens whenever I, 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 we're recording. Yeah, we're recording. And I'll go, oh, dang it. And, and I have to reach in because my cigar falls Always into... Always right there. It falls into this cup because I, I have this specially designed ashtray here. <laughs> and uh, so, <laughs> so it falls in there when yeah. it gets too small mm. and I got to dig mm. it out. It's a whole thing. I need to get an ashtray yeah. so it doesn't happen. Something proper. Something proper. Well, know. you know what? That works just it's, as well. It's, it's fine. It's, you know... It's the ashtray of truth. It is. And uh, you know what? It supports it supports the things that I love. That's right. Like like uh, good ref- reformed literature. Coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cigars. Ash. Ashes, you know. Yeah. It does all of it. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's a, it's a pretty, uh, it's unique. Yeah. It's versatile. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of utility to it. Yeah, it's got a good color. Now, that being said, mm-hmm. I think it only now serves as an ashtray. If I was able to take that camera yeah. and let it look right inside. Well, well, right now, it's a little ashy, yeah. Right now? Yeah. At this angle, yeah. it's all ash. Yeah, yeah. But I, I rinse it out and I throw coffee in there. Name one time you've done that. Oh, I don't know, two days ago. You're lying. I am lying. You yeah, are no, I'm lying. Not, I'm not. That's not. That's not the truth. That's not true. No, that's not true at all. Not at all. Hey, didn't we have a good time hanging out with Trillia Nubo last oh, night? Great time. That great was cool. Time. We had our yeah. wives and yep. Trillia in town. Trillia's in town doing a women's ministry event for us. Yeah, that was yeah. a lot of fun. So great dinner, great laughs, just great fellowship. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, very nice. Um, all right. Well, you know, uh, we we got uh, we got somebody on uh, online that uh, I, we've been eager to talk to. Oh. Uh, ever since. <laughs> ever since <laughs> ever the since. tweet heard around the world. Well, it, it, to be fair. The post heard around was, the world. <laughs> we got Adam Feldman. We got Adam Feldman on. Hey, Adam. All the way from where, Korea? You're in Korea now? <laughs> sure, I wish. No, Baltimore. Ah, Baltimore. Baltimore. Do you know, uh, you know, Adam, I took Taekwondo for some time. By some time, it was six months? No, 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 no. You know what? I want you to, I'll even let you tell me in years and no rounding up. Okay. First of all, I don't remember how many years it was. So, okay. So it was months. I what belt I was. What belt? Blue. Now, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. blue is right. Blue is. There's two colored blue belts. You're the first one. Uh, I don't remember. You were the first one. Mm-hmm. Is that right after white? No, white, yellow. It was white, yellow. White, yellow. Mm-hmm. Now, how, how long were you in there? I don't know. My kids were in it. I know. But how long were you? They I'm made not... me do it. So eight months? No, it was probably two years. Oh, that's a lot longer than I thought. It was awful. I hated it. Adam. All right. All right. Adam, I did not enjoy Taekwondo, but I loved uh, the Korean people. They were super cool. And uh, they were always sharing food and uh, Mm -hmm. sharing history of Korea and everything. It was pretty awesome. Mm. So, uh, listen, for people that don't know, Adam and I have known each other since the blogging days, right? Yeah, I was thinking about it the other day. It's uh, it's been at least 20 years. Yeah, it's it's been a long time. Back when uh, you had a black beard. I did. And hair. <laughs> now we both have white beards and, and, no uh, hair. and no hair. I've never, I haven't had hair for a long time. Um, but Adam is uh, the academic dean at Metro Baltimore Seminary. That's right. And uh, that's a relatively young seminary, right? I mean, just like 2008, I think is when you guys got uh, Well, Metro Atlanta got started around then, but, oh. uh, and we're an affiliate campus of them. That's but right. But our campus, Metro Baltimore, started in uh, January 2019. Wow, so super recent. Yes. Super recent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I was unaware that you had gone there 
know, Adam and I aren't like chatting every day and every, you know everybody. But um, I was I was. You made it sound like best friend. Well, he's I'm his <laughs> you, best you're, friend. You're like I'm a, his best accountability friend. partners. No, he's like we check in every morning. You said. Did you read your Bible today, Adam? Adam, did you <laughs> yes, pray? Did. did you repent of all <laughs> right. known sins? Did you forsake all questionable habits? Oh my goodness, we're doing this now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I didn't know you were there. But, uh, but yeah, we we a, a lot of people learned about your your young seminary with an Anthony Bradley post on That's Facebook. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh, Joey, you okay? I got a little cold. Oh, Joey. Oh, Joey. Yeah. This is we good, have video. We have benefit of video. <laughs> <laughs> so Anthony Bradley, uh, who who is Anthony Bradley for those people, Adam? How, uh, if you don't, how do we explain to people? Most people, if they're on Facebook, they know who Anthony Bradley is. He's pretty prolific on Facebook. Right. He's pretty prolific on Facebook, Twitter. He's a professor in the PCA world. Um, pretty, he's pretty well known among the reform folks, especially in that that category, the PCA groups. Hmm. I, I I would I could introduce people to him by saying like the first time I met him in person. I oh, said, you, you met him in person. Yeah, yeah. We were at an event. This is Joe freaking Thorne we're talking about, Adam. Yeah, we were. It was. <laughs> he in the, knows everybody. He's also. He he's you, also. Or did you meet him? <laughs> first of all, uh, I don't introduce myself to people. Mm. Let's just put it that okay. way. Well, um, I mean, the way you worded it earlier was Anthony is also your accountability partner. Well, you guys meet every morning yeah. to discuss over Zoom. Yeah. Prayer time, mm -hmm. scripture time, whatever, whatever, whatever we time. need to, whatever things. No, we were at uh, we were, I was some event and um, and so I walked up to him and I was I said hey just I said you don't know me, uh, but I said uh, you I love reading your content on Facebook because you're one of the few guys that makes me angry and makes me think and oftentimes like you wind up like changing my mind on some stuff mm. and then. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I, I think you're I, right on, but so other times I think you're totally nuts. Like I said, but I said, I like you are the guy that like drives me crazy, but it's always, it's worth reading. He's, he's, he's a guy that's, he's definitely controversial in some of mm. the, and not in a bad way. Though I do think this take was, uh, was very unfair. Um, I'll go ahead and bring it up here, Adam. Okay. We have a, we have it here. So, uh, so Anthony Bradley popped on and, uh, and what did he say? He said, um, I don't even know if I can. See. I can't read that. Oh, I can. I can. Okay, read good, it. good. I can. I'll take care of business. It's small. Um, so what was his general take while I'm trying to bring it up? What was uh, what was he saying? <laughs> oh, it's showing. I'm looking at it. So in general, he um, he's talking about our um, our primary campus, uh, Metro Atlanta Seminary. Uh, he refers to the seminary as unaccredited right. and mm. as a diploma mill or uh, degree mill. I, I right. can't remember which one he uses. They kind of mean the same thing, I guess. Yeah, he does. Um, I, I finally, I finally have it up. I can see it now. Okay, let, yeah, let me read it. It's a, it says, oh, "What is Metro Atlanta Seminary? These degrees are unaccredited. There's been an uptick in people attending unaccredited schools to get degrees, especially doctorates." In quotes. These used to be called degree mills. Thoughts? I'm confused. There are plenty of accredited options out there, so why are people choosing these unaccredited schools? Okay, I think it's fair to say that that's not a very fair take or even a real question. It's pretty much an accusation, right? Hmm. Right, yeah. Okay, so uh, let's just start off with it. Um, I mean, what is what is Metro Atlanta Seminary? <laughs> right, in quotes, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, well, first of all, 
from the outset, Metro Atlanta Seminary, Metro Baltimore Seminary, we share the same concerns that that our brother does. Yeah. There are unaccredited institutions out there that are degree mills that mm. are literally you pay some money, you get the degree. Mm. Um, that's certainly not us. That's certainly not, um, you know, our brother's um, institution either. Uh, but Metro Atlanta Seminary was started out of Perimeter Church, which is a PCA church down in the Metro Atlanta area. Uh, it was started through their local presbytery down there as an education arm uh, to provide reform theology for those uh, men pursuing ordination and also for just anyone who is interested in ministry or learning more about theology. Uh, so they started that up uh, several years ago. Uh, they were accredited with ARTS, uh, which is the Association of Reformed Theological Seminaries. Okay. And that accreditation was five years ago, and they just this summer got reaccredited for a 10-year stint, uh, which is a huge blessing. So Metro Atlanta now has, uh, they continue to have their Bachelor of Theology, Master of Divinity. They now have a D-Men program, uh, and they have four campuses. So they have one in Augusta, Georgia, one in Auburn. Alabama, one in, of course, in Atlanta, and then us up in Baltimore. So we're the oldest of those um, additional campuses. And we were started uh, from the outset with a desire that we would eventually become our own entity mm. um, so that we would eventually come out from underneath their umbrella and uh, and become our own institution. I could talk more about that later on because we were actually two thirds of the way through our own accreditation process with arts. We are accredited through Metro Atlanta, but we are in that process of um, basically becoming uh, a plant seminary right. uh, and becoming our own institution. So mm. that's, now, a, that's the seminary in a nutshell. Now, what? let's talk about accreditation. Um, yeah. What is it? And mm -hmm. um, how do people traditionally think about it? Um, you know, sure. because there are, there are different ways in which people can use the, the word accredited, correct? Right. Yes, that's true. So... Um, in Anthony Bradley's post, he's referring to accreditation that gets you the .edu at the end of your email address. Mm. So I work for uh, an institution that has a .org uh, address. What that means is our accreditation is not through an entity that is currently recognized by CHIA, the Council for Higher Education and Accreditation. That said, ARTS has initiated that process with CHIA and it's a multi-year process. Right. It takes a long time. And the estimated um, time when they will be recognized by Chia is in 2023. So that's coming down the pike really okay. quickly. Yeah. Um, anyway, so accreditation is just basically um, an outside view looking in at your institution to make sure you meet specific standards of uh, academic progress, student retention and enrollment. Um, accountability and governance. There's a, there's a whole list of standards. Arts in particular has 11 standards that they require. And then each of those has sub substandards. Um, and so when you go through an accreditation process, uh, Metro Baltimore currently, it just finished our second phase, which is the longest phase. It begins with an initial application uh, for membership. You're reviewed. Uh, they take a quick look at you, that sort of thing. And then they say, okay, you can now do what's called a self-study. So a mm. self-study, and every institution does this. It doesn't matter if you're a state school, public school, private, whatever. Um, even, uh, even high school, secondary schools, everybody does accreditation. Um, so the self-study 
uh, takes an enormous amount of time. So I came in as academic dean in January. Prior to that, I pastored for 21 years, 16 of which were at the church that I started here in Ellicott City, Maryland. Uh, so I transitioned into this role uh, and and was greeted with the fact that we've initiated this process of accreditation and now the clock is ticking. I literally had nine months to put together a self-study, to learn what it was, mm. to put together everything I needed to do for it. Uh, and, and we literally, actually this past Tuesday night, uh, the president of our seminary, Dan Passarelli, hit the send button and sent off our self-study. Nice. It took eight months. It was 91 pages long. Um, and we had 25 supporting documents, some of which were over 60 pages long. So mm, wow. accreditation is yeah, no yeah. small thing. Right. And to, to call an institution a degree mill, um, when uh, like I literally saw this as I was putting the finishing touches on this self-study and I was like, are, are you serious? Mm, yeah. <laughs> you, know, like, you have any idea what we've been doing? Mm. Um, so anyway, that's the accreditation process. Other institutions in the network are involved in accrediting you. Um, so we will have... Um, representation from other seminaries in the arts network uh, who will come and visit our seminary. That's the third phase. They'll do a whole bunch of interviews. They'll look at all of our books. They'll look at all of our records of students and um, do basically an audit. So that that's to be determined. That could be sometime next year. It just, it just depends on when the committee on accreditation wants to do it. Nice. So, that's, so, yeah, so it's looking like in 2023 then, you know, it, the accreditation is going to be coming through, hopefully, right? Yes, uh, Lord willing, yes. Lord willing. And and these sort of, you know, I guess, uh, uh, thoughts or accusations, I think it was the word you used earlier, uh, would kind of really be to the wayside. They're, they're, they become moot at that point, right? Well, possibly. So keep in mind, Metro Atlanta has been accredited since 2016. Mm. So I think his, his understanding, so... To back up even further, his accusation is not so much about Metro Atlanta as it is about arts um, right. and whether or not arts is a legitimate accrediting entity mm. because it cannot give you a .edu email address. So the fundamental question I think that he is asking, and it is a legitimate question. I want to be clear about that. However, I think his approach was disingenuous. And if he just looked at the arts website, he would be able to see you know, that it has teeth, for lack of a better term. Um, you know, the, the accreditation process that would get us that .edu would mean we would go through one of the six regional uh, accrediting entities, which state schools go through, public schools, everybody. Um, and, uh, and then we would be recognized from, uh, I guess, United States government perspective. So then the question becomes, well, which is an appropriate accreditation or not? And you can back up further and say, well, what's the spirit of accreditation? Right. And, mm -hmm. and I think in that sense... In arts, we have uh, right now there are seven accredited seminaries. Uh, there are two that are in the queue right now. We're one of them. Um, and these are all like minded seminaries that affirm one of the five big um, confessions uh, from the Reformed tradition, 1689 being the one that's Baptistic, Heidelberg, Westminster. Uh, so uh, you have all these seminaries. Some are strictly Baptist, some are strictly mm -hmm. Presbyterian. Like our seminary, we are um, Reformed. We just were Reformed. We affirm both the Westminster and the 1689 where they are in agreement. And we, we say we have no official position on the mode of baptism or church polity. So, um, yeah, so it, it's a great uh, accrediting entity. Um, it's very collegial uh, and they hold us to high standards. It's not, it's not an easy task. Hmm. Well, it's a weird thing to me to 
to single out a particular seminary, especially if you don't know much mm. about it. Um, right. To ask questions is is, is, mm. is fine. Mm-hmm. Like I'm all for saying like, hey, we need we need our our ministers to stop basically cheating and getting garbage degrees that don't have meaning. Right. Like, no, like, of course. Yeah. Like, call, We're all in agreement. Out. We're all in agreement. Like, so let's, uh, especially, except the guys that are getting those degrees. Those are, they're not in agreement. Listen, the only question <laughs> I really have right now, Adam, is before the accreditation, is it cheaper for me to get that demon and to buy it? I mean, listen, I don't have full house money. But you know, first of all, you have full house money. What are you talking got, about? You got, got no, full house money. I ain't got money. no Lori Laughlin money. Everybody knows you got no, that Lori Laughlin money. I don't got that money. So, are we talking eighty percent discount? <laughs> we'll give you the doctor and devotion discount. Oh, yes. doctor devotion hashtag doctor. So what? You're you're sending you me you're sending me a cigar. Thanks. Oh, this is pretty good. <laughs> so yeah, I I get that right, and there and there are people like that. You know, I, I think there's been enough press, but it's still good to talk about people like using their honorary doctorates mm, as like a right. as a as a show. Like I have a doctorate when they don't really have it. It's an honorary doctorate. It has meaning, but sure. it's not the same thing as doing the work. Um, what meaning does it have? I guess that. What, what, sorry, I'm not trying to go off a tangent, but what meaning does it actually have then? Adam, what, do you want to explain the, what an honorary doctorate means? And when there can I? Meaning. And when can I get one? Yeah. Well. Okay. So there is meaning for an honorary doctorate, and and again, it depends on the institution that gives it. Mm. Um, it's it's usually basically for someone who has contributed an enormous amount to their particular discipline or to human civilization in general. Um, in that case, uh, an institution would recognize somebody with an honorary doctorate. Mm. So, um, can I buy that? Well, <laughs> y- 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 <laughs> I just, I just want to say like, you know, there, there are some, some, some luminaries that had uh, honorary doctorates. Um, Bill Cosby, for example. Mm. Mm, yes. <laughs> Listen, when I lived in Uganda, that, that the pastor that I lived with, uh, he got an honorary doctor from some school in New York, right? Uh, some seminary and everything. And this guy went off the deep end. Because now he has a doctorate? Well, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it went. he went off the deep end. And everyone was questioning, like, how did you get this? How are you? He kept referring to himself as a doctor, yeah, as yeah. a doctor, as a doctor. And, yeah, it was like, I don't want to say his name because you Google his name. Yeah. He's all over the internet. It's, all right. It's well, crazy. We want, you know, we'll, we'll leave him alone. Adam, listen, yes. I, we, I love... Uh, you love, Jimmy loves the church. And mm. that means we want to see the church strengthened. We want to see churches mm. planted. We want to see ministers educated. And I think it's fair to say, regardless of how things should be, we can argue about that. Uh, we need mm. seminaries. Yeah. We need them. Yeah. And uh, we right. need scholars who specialize in particular fields, whether that be language or history, mm-hmm. to educate our men uh, to go out there and to do the work. Now, um, I think that there's great value in different kinds of seminary experiences, uh, and we all have opinions about what we, what we think is best, but clearly the culture has shifted quite a bit. Uh, things are different today, and we need various ways in which people can get into seminary and actually get a good education. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes right. it's there's a financial restrictions. Seminary can be very expensive, and, yeah. and most of us don't want to go into ministry where you're not going to make much money in great debt. That's yeah. a, that's not smart yeah. where you're going to be able to pay it right. back. 
So there are different, you know, we've, we've seen online, you know, schools and, and schools mm. that uh, have a physical presence like Midwestern, mm. they have an online program that's very strong. Um, but I've seen other seminaries popping up and I've seen them in, in other countries. They're not even worried so much about being accredited, especially on the front end. They're trying to put something together that's rigorous and valuable, but affordable, accessible. Tell us right. a little bit about like what makes Metro Baltimore different from other seminaries in a positive way like yeah. what what are the basic sure. similarities but like the why why is it appealing um to people yeah absolutely and this is my heartbeat okay so and let me just share with you real quick why i in particular resonate with this seminary so my own mdiv experience at new orleans baptist theological was at the uh, satellite campus in atlanta and so because NOBTS is uh, ATS or the Association Theological Seminaries uh, accredited, there's a certain amount of time you have to spend literally physically on campus. Mm. And so I would have to travel as a youth minister right out of college, making 18 grand a year Whoa. to New Orleans. 18 grand. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> yeah. Making 18 grand a year, right? It was great. But I had to pay for all my books. I had to yeah. pay for tuition. I had to pay for airfare. I had to pay for hotels. Um, I could not relocate uh, because the only position I could find at the time was there in Atlanta. Um, and it was a burden on me and to some extent, um, you know, I had, I had other payments I had to make as well. So, um, but it was, it was doable. And well, here's the, the cool thing about it. I really enjoyed it because my seminary experience was contextualized in Atlanta. Hmm. It was where I was living. Um, I was ministering and I was taking classes and I could figure out what am I using? What am I not going to use? Um, fast forward to several years later, I, I knew I was going to get a doctorate and it was a question of PhD or DMIN. Uh, I'm a practitioner at heart. I, I am a pastor. I am a teacher. I am a counselor. Um, I am not an, I am academically inclined for sure, sure, but I am not an ivory tower academic. I'm not a researcher who's going to be writing, you know, tomes and that sort of thing. So I went the DMIN route. Right. And I knew that would limit my uh, my ability eventually in higher education. I knew that to have a PhD would be much better than to have the D the DMIN. So you're saying with a DMIN you couldn't like become the academic dean of a seminary. I think it might be possible. <laughs> I know a guy. Um, <laughs> so oh, yeah, we no, get but. It. So the DMIN is a practitioner degree. It is to it's it's uh, or they call it a professional degree. It's like the MD for medicine. Right. Uh, you have the PhD teaching the MD, right? The MD is the one who actually does the surgery. The PhD is the one who tells them all about the body and the anatomy and that sort of mm. thing. So um, fast forward several years, I go on sabbatical in 2019. The church gave me a three month sabbatical, which is a huge blessing. We had just come through two floods in our city. Mm. Uh, and we're heavily involved in recovery work. And I was just, I was done. During that time, God was just like, hey, you're going to move into higher education eventually. Okay, God, when, where, how? Um, I come back from sabbatical and in my inbox, in my email inbox, I get a message from the president saying of this seminary saying, hey, let me tell you about this new seminary. Mm. It's reformed. We're looking, we're, we started out of a PCA church, but we're looking to broaden our tent and we want some reformed Baptist guys. Um, and, and here's the model. And so this is where I think, uh, Anthony Bradley kind of got hung up a little bit because the model is different. Yeah. Um, Metro Baltimore adopted Metro Atlanta's model because we are an affiliate campus. Here's, here's what it basically looks like. Um, the degree is 84 credit hours 
for an MDiv. Typically, MDivs are around 90 credit hours. So that's one thing that for uh, for folks who are more like strictly academia, right. that might be kind of like, oh, wait a minute. Our BTH students, Bachelor of Theology students, and our MDiv students take classes together at the same time. We follow a British model of education where the bachelor degree actually takes three years because it's expected that you're going to go on to something else. So our bachelor students are held to the level of academic quality that our master students are held to. Um, and in that way, it's a three-year program instead of a four-year program. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the program itself is designed to reach the head, the heart, and the hands. So 40% of the degree is classroom. So 36 credit hours come from classroom. We do uh, systematic theology, biblical theology. We teach Greek Hebrew languages. We do exegetes. I'd love to tell you about how we do that later on mm-hmm. if we have time. We do, um, and we do applied theology. So making, equipping disciples, um, evangelism, apologetics, those sorts of things. Um, so uh, 40% is academics, 40% is practicum. And the practicum is real world, uh, 360 real time hours of ministry that translates to 36 credit hours. Uh, we have five practicums, uh, general ministry, pastoral ministry, biblical counseling, uh, urban ministry, and church planting. Uh, so you get into a cohort and you're with them for three years. So you're mm. with people who've been in the seminary for three years, people who've been there for two years, people who are mm. just starting out. We have a dean over each of these tracks. They lead you through a process of, uh, there's several books that you're reading, there's conversations, you meet regularly with your cohort, uh, and you have to fulfill the practicum requirements. So if you're in the pastoral requirement, for instance, you have to preach so many times, that sort of thing. Um, and then the last 20% is the heart. So we have the head, the hands, and now the heart, and that's mentorship. Every student has a mentor, and the mentor walks with them for all three years and spends 120 real-world hours with them, which translates to 12 credit hours. There's a rigorous program they go through of reading specific texts, talking about them with their mentor. And the mentor's primary task is the cultivation of the heart, Mm. the transformation of the actual seminary student. Um, Because we look at statistics where so many pastors and seminarians graduate and then they leave the ministry. Mm. They They don't know how to find a mentor. They don't know how to be discipled. They haven't submitted to authority. Um, and they need that. They need that experience. And so we want them to have the knowledge, the, the skills, and also uh, for their hearts to be transformed. So that's our that's our program. Hmm. Nice. And you said classroom. Um, mm-hmm. Is that virtual? Is it in person? Is it a, is it both? And and between those, then, like, well, yeah, go ahead. Let's ask that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So my area of oversight is the classroom portion of the seminary. Uh, so that's all in person. We do offer, we started during uh, during the pandemic, we had to do online stuff, but we're phasing that out because real transformation happens in person. Yeah. Mm. We, have, we have two campuses, one outside of the Baltimore area in the county and one in the city on the bus routes. Um, and so we, we have duplicate ca- classes in both cases. Cool. Um, we're affordable. Uh, total tuition for all three years is around six thousand um, dollars, which is Jimmy's face. <laughs> yeah. So 
one of the one of the accusations that Anthony Bradley had was that we're in it for the money, and I was like, "What money?" <laughs> so, <laughs> now, how how can, how is it so affordable? Yeah, yeah. So here's how here's how it's affordable. One, we have no tenured faculty, so we don't have that overhead. Um, the president and I are the are the two persons on staff who work the longest each week. We're both half time, uh, so so we we were able to do that. All of our instructors are currently pastors or biblical counselors who have full-time jobs in real-world ministry who are adjuncting. That's also how we keep the cost down. Hmm. We have very generous donors, hmm. and we also get our spaces where we meet from churches either for free or at an exceptionally reduced price. Wow, yeah. This is part of what it means to be accessible. Yeah. We have students who are in uh, Baltimore's Helping Up Mission who come out of extremely difficult backgrounds who would never be able to work on an undergraduate degree, never be able to afford it. Yeah. Mm. We have students who are first year undergraduate students um, who are first time undergraduate students who no one in their family has ever even been to a, an institution beyond high school. Um, and this is part of what it means to be accessible. We are close to Westminster and RTS. We, there's campuses nearby. There's no way these students could afford right. to relocate mm. and to 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 do that education and if they took out loans for that it would set them back for decades mm. and so part of our heart is why shouldn't reform theological education be available to people who want it and who need it yeah well this is i mean i wouldn't have been able to afford seminary if i wasn't married and yeah. had no kids. Like I, I worked a job as a pastor. I, mean, I, I waited tables for a while. Uh, I worked yeah. in an office for a while. And then I, I just got a pastoral position in a small church, which really just covered rent. My wife was a legal secretary and, mm. and, we, and we got out of there with like 10 grand in debt. So okay. like that was, was, was a big win. Mm. Um, yeah. So I know that financially it is, you know, it's incredible. And that's why it takes some people so long to get through seminary. It takes them five years, six years sometimes. Because they're just right. trying to pay piece by piece yeah. what they can't afford. Right. Right. So I think that's I think that's really valuable. Um, that you're you you guys are putting together something mm -hmm. that like that resonates with us theologically, mm -hmm. um, is practical and you're finding ways to, you know, make it affordable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we were joking before, just but like talk talk to us then about the demon program, right? Like the mm -hmm. practitioner. Uh, the yeah. professional, I think, is the way you you worded it. Tell us more about that program. Sure. So Metro Baltimore does not have a D-Man program. Metro Atlanta does. Mm -hmm. We we have decided not to have a D-Man program at this point, primarily because we're we're coming out from underneath their umbrella, and we just wanted to knock it out of the ballpark for the two degree programs that we have. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, and I'm not 100 percent familiar with Metro Atlanta's D-Man program. Um, but I mean, all their information's online. Yeah. Uh, but there are other institutions in the arts network that do have DMEN programs as well. Uh, we've, we've talked about possibly starting a DMEN program mm -hmm. after accreditation. Um, but right now, we want to get through accreditation on our own and we want to continue to develop the seminary. Um, we have. Uh, we have goals. As, if you look at our website, for instance, you can see in the next five years, we want to have a Spanish language program mm -hmm. and a Korean language program because there are tr uh, those two populations, Korean in particular, are massive yeah. in our area. And part of what it means to be a contextualized seminary is to be able to provide 
uh, training for for folks who English is an additional language. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's that's crucial with yeah. what you're talking about and being accessible, being something mm-hmm. that's that's more on the ground, ready to go. So as you look right. at what you guys current, what you know, uh, you're able to currently offer. What would you say is that? I guess program degree, whatever phrase you want to use, that sure. is really your your not only maybe your bread and butter, but right. something that you're excited. Like what what is it that that you're really excited about that makes a huge I think not makes a huge difference, but I guess maybe shows the difference between your seminary and others. Right. So I mean, I would say. I would give you probably a, a story or two, yeah, please, because that's really that's really where you see it. Uh, oh, hey, thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's our website. Uh, I guess everybody can see that. Um, yeah, I would just encourage everybody to watch that video because those are our actual students right now. We we are pursuing a, accreditation uh, because we have been in existence for three years. You have to be in existence for three years and graduate your first class, and we mm. did all of that in May. Um, so some of those folks that you see there are students who have already graduated and some are current students. Uh, so that, that gentleman right there, uh, he is a, he's a student. Um, he, and he and a couple of guys traveled down from York, Pennsylvania, and they, they have ministries up there in the inner city. Hmm. We have guys who come in from inner city, Wilmington, Delaware, guys, of course, from Baltimore, uh, men and women from all over the region. Um, so we had a student um, who in a time of sharing, uh, was sharing with, with the group that, um, for the first time they're reading the Bible and they're hearing God Hmm. and, and, you know, from a reform perspective, we look at that, you know, we back up and we say, well, either they weren't regenerate and praise God, they be, they, they're regenerated now Hmm. or, or, or they were missing that relational component. It doesn't matter to me what which of those happen. Only God knows which of those happen. What matters to me is we want to be a transformational seminary. Yeah. We want the heart changed. You can go through seminary all three years or four years, however long it takes you, and never talk about the heart. Yeah. And never feel vulnerable enough, like the freedom to be vulnerable enough to say that in front of other people, to say for the first yeah. time I'm hearing God. Yeah, not just that you know vulnerability, I mean? but that that and that transparency, but that yeah. I guess that safety, right? Like that that mm-hmm. safety of knowing I can be vulnerable, I can be transparent here, right? Right, absolutely. Hmm. You know, there is a place for the education that I received at New Orleans and my D-men at Gordon Conwell. There is a place for that. Okay, so I'm not at all saying Metro Atlanta is, you know, but it's the both and. Yeah. Right. We need to remember the both and. And I think I think as well, because enrollment is down at these traditional these traditionally bricks and mortar academic institutions. You know, Gordon Conwell, my alma mater, just sold the campus that I attended yeah. when I was doing my DMN there. Um, Fuller, which is where our president went for his doctorate. Uh, they just sold their Pasadena campus. Yeah, um, they're. they're these seminaries are having to jettison these buildings because cost of living is increased and uh, enrollment is down. Um, so when you're looking around, you need both and, and, you know, let's be honest, like if you're going to be pursuing that PhD and you're going to be writing systematic theologies, you're probably going to want to go to an ATS seminary. Right. But if you want to be a faithful practitioner of the word, there's a lot of good seminaries out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. We need the options. We, we need, 
different approaches, different schools. And listen, there Absolutely. there are there are some new schools out there that uh, I tell people stay away from. Hmm. Do not right. go there. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to mention them. No, but don't. you know which ones I'm talking about. Um, don't. I'm not. I'm not. I know I'm not, you want I, to. So I want don't. to so bad. But this is not one of them, and I want to encourage people to to check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out the seminar here because uh, sure. it it I mean it, it really does look great. You know, MetroBaltimoreSeminary.org, so they can go uh-huh. there. Are you guys on the social medias? You got the you got their seminary. We on? are. We've got an Instagram. We got a TikTok. What? And, uh, what? Yeah, yeah. How That's about how that? One it. of our students just started it. Sweet, <laughs> sweet. What's uh? Hey, you give me the information. We'll put it all in the show notes. Okay, Adam. Yeah, MetroBaltimoreSeminary.org. Yeah, That's go nice. there, check it out, and uh, listen. Uh, if you're a student there. Yeah, hit us up on social media. Tell us uh, how it's going, what you love about it, what you appreciate about it. Adam, Absolutely. thanks for coming on, man. We really do appreciate yeah, it. Jimmy, if people want to jump on and uh, get into this conversation, how do they do that? Yeah, you can follow us online on Instagram, Twitter, at Doc and Devo, or on Facebook, slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DoctrineAndDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast at the store, JoFoStore.com, and grab some gear. Mm-hmm. We got that first part every Monday and Thursday. We got blog posts and video content over the website. And Joey, yeah. we've got that all access exclusive. How much access? All access. All of the access. Exclusive okay. ad free content. Mm-hmm. We've got that banter truth on Tuesdays. We got weekday wisdom Monday through Friday. That's a good way to support the podcast. Right there in your podcast player, you can hit support this podcast. You can you know, subscribe or go to doctrineanddevotion.com slash all access. Later. Sweet.